They say that experience is the best teacher, and the best way to learn from experience is to learn from others who have already found success. For this season of the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast, Michael has lined up a great group of successful people who will share their stories of how they got started and some powerful lessons from their accomplishments. He'll also be introducing you to people who are just starting on their entrepreneurship journey to share what they've learned so far. Success is not just about money, and we'll meet some people who have been successful in very unique ways. Entrepreneurship is an exciting journey, and we're glad to be along for the ride with you. Here's your host, the guy who knows a guy, Michael Whitehouse. Hello, and welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy himself, and my guest today is Alexis Hasselberger. Alexis is a time management and productivity coach who helps people do more and stress less through coaching, workshops, and online courses. Her pragmatic yet fun approach helps people easily integrate practical, realistic strategies into their lives so they can do more of what they want and less of what they don't. Alexis has taught thousands of individuals to take control of their time, and her clients include Google, Lyft, Workday, Capital One, Upwork, and more. So Alexis, I'm very excited to have you on the show because organization is not my jam. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to be here and excited to talk about my favorite things, which are organization, time management, productivity. Great. Yeah. And that's that's really the big thing. I don't know if you're, you're a board gamer at all, but in, in gaming, there's this, you know, you have like action points or a certain number of actions you can take per turn. Mm-hmm. And anytime you have the chance to take more actions per turn, you're going to win because it multiplies everything else you're doing and time management and energy management and all these kinds of things that that you do increase the number of actions per turn that you have, uh, you know, really replicate, replicate your power. Um, So talk a little bit about what makes you awesome, Alexis. Yeah. So I, I feel like this is an interesting question and I am awesome because I'm supremely accountable. Uh, I think, you know, being accountable is the thing that I value most in people that I work with and and often most of myself. And and what that just means to me is that I do what I say I'm going to do by when I say I'm going to do it. Mm. That is crazy. Like all the time? Pretty much all the time. I don't make a promise I can't keep. But, But how do you know if you'll be able to do it? Because I have all sorts of strategies and, and tactics and systems that help support uh, what I do. And I have, um, I, I also don't pack my days so full of things that I'm not going to be able to account for the, the new and the unexpected, right? I think that a lot of times we, we plan and then we realize, well, like something new came up or something else. And like that messes with my plan. But you have to build, you have to build in buffer so that you can account for those things. Ah, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm slowly, slowly learning to do this. Um, so I, I assume like any superhero, your origin story is that you encountered a radioactive PDA and it gave you these superpowers. Um, is, is that exactly. your origin story? Yeah, yeah. It was just divined, divined from above or, you know, from an alien or whatever it is. Um, and somehow, somehow I got here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wait, are you an alien? I don't, maybe. I'm not sure. N- not to your knowledge. But you never know. <laughs> You never know, right? Any one of us could be an alien. So how did you get started with this? What got you into this into this space? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, I, I'm going to start way, way back at the beginning. Like, I have always been, even since I was a little kid, someone mm-hmm. who is very concerned about ROI on my own time. Like, I never wanted to waste time doing things that were not important to me. And I consider myself like a, a very driven, lazy person. Like mm-hmm. I, I like having a lot of time to do whatever I want, to, whether that's hanging out with my kids or, you know, 
reading or watching TV or whatever it is. I just like having a lot of time where I'm not feeling obligated to things. Mm -hmm. And so that was always important. Like I was the kid who at eight years old, I would grab a graph paper and this TV guide, you know, the physical TV guide, because I'm old, right? And, mm -hmm. and I would cross reference them. And I would find like the best half hour of TV that I was allowed to watch during the time and like create a little schedule for myself. Um, and then in high school and college, I was my main mission was like, how do I get straight A's and go to class as little as possible? Like, how can I make those two things happen? Mm. Um, and I did a really good job at that. And then when I, you know, of course I went to college and then I started in the work world and I worked in tech startups in the Bay area, always doing, I, I like to say I did everything except for sales and engineering. <laughs> so I was the person that, you know, was doing HR and operations and, you know, dealing with legal and finance and like all of the, the moving parts that just that aren't the core that, that aren't the core that is out in front of everybody, but just like all the back, the back office. All the critical stuff where people say, wait, what do you do? Right. Yeah, they're like, I make you sure do? you get paid, right? Like I make <laughs> sure you get paid and make sure the lights are on, like Pretty all of that stuff, stuff yeah. right? Um, and what I found over that time was just that, you know, working in really fast paced startups, people are working really long hours, people are burning out. And like, that just was never okay with me. I mean, one of the things my mom told me when I was young was never work more than 40 hours a week, because then they will expect it. Mm -hmm. And that really stuck with me, I think. And so, you know, of course, it's not always possible. But I just became really fine. Like, how am I going to get all of this stuff done in a short amount of time and do it well, because being excellent is really important to me. Like I don't want to half-ass things. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then people just started coming to me for that because it was like, I, you know, I, I was a lot more productive than a lot of people and I was not working the crazy hours that people were working. I was not at the office past dinner. I was not working on the weekends. I was not checking email at 10 PM or on vacation or anything like that. And so over time, like, I just like the things that I was gravitating to was like, oh, what's this? Figure out, we got this new thing, figure out how to make it work and roll it out to everyone and kind of systems and processes. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, you know, I had a, I had a CEO that I was working for that was like, hey, do you think you could just do a productivity workshop for our company? <laughs> like, like, it seems like you've got this under control. Like, do you think you could do this for everyone else? And so people just started coming to me for that stuff. I started building task systems at companies and started like processizing things. And then eventually the last is, you know, I've worked in startups and most of them, you know, either, either get bought or fail, like one of, one of the two. And the last one that I worked for, we went, you know, we, we took it out of business and I realized that the thing that was most fun to me, the thing I geek out about most is like, how do I be excellent and have a lot of time to do whatever I want? And that that was a thing that a lot of people lacked from a skill set perspective because yeah. nobody teaches it. Like, you know, you don't get taught this stuff in college or in high school or anything else. And some people just have you know do it naturally. And some people learn it along the way. And a lot of people really struggle. Um, and and the I longer I'm in coaching, the more I'm like, what do people learn in college and high school? Right. Not, they learn that they can get through it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, then I decided I would open a business uh, around these things and just see if I could help people live more lives that seemed to be more fulfilling for them because they felt in control of their time. Okay. Uh, and, and how did the launch of the business go? Mm. Well, um, like a lot of things, you have no idea what you're doing, right? Right. So, so I basically decided I'm going to start this company. I was like, I have no idea what or how, et cetera. And so I was like, I just, I just need to get a website, right? Like I need first, I got to get a website because if I have a website, then I'm legitimate, right? Like, mm -hmm. and then I can point people in that direction. And I was like, also business cards. Those are important, right? You got to get a website and business cards. 
And then I just started, I started saying like, okay, well, I know a lot of things, right? Like I, I have a lot of strategies. I have a lot of processes. Like I know a lot of things. So I just started writing best practice documents for my, I just started like, I'm going to just put this, just going to write these documents and see where this takes me. And so I did that for like a couple of months, honestly, while I was telling people that I had a business, but I had no customers or no anything, right? And eventually I realized, oh, this is a curriculum, actually. Like I can, I, like I can take all of this stuff and I can package it up into kind of a, a framework, into modules that I can then teach people systematically and help people to kind of achieve the same things. And so I, I ended up getting, you know, a first coaching client and he had excellent results and that led to more coaching clients. And, and then, you know, I had done these workshops before. So I started, you know, I, I had emailed everybody that I, like everybody that I knew and said, like, I've started this business and here's what I'm doing. And a couple of those were companies who were like, hey, do you think you could do some workshops for our company? And those went really well. And so then I started doing more of those. And then online courses came around because Udemy, um, you know, the online course purveyor, um, reached out to me and they said, hey, we found you online. We don't have a great time management course for our Udemy for Business product. Like, would you want to create one? And at the time, I had never taken an online course, like I let alone made one, right? But I said, sure, why not? And so so I did that. And and you know, I think like a lot of things, your business just kind of evolves based on the things that you excel at. Yeah. Right? Uh, and when when you have clients who are getting really good results, then they prefer more people. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think yeah, you definitely had, you know, your clarity of what you offered. Um if you didn't mm -hmm. necessarily know who you offered it for, you knew what you did, which is mm -hmm. As I think I, I find there's two kinds of business people. One is the ones who say, I have a solution mm -hmm. and let me figure out, you know, who needs it, right. which is the, I find easier kind of business. Cause I'm the other one, which is, I kind of have some things I can do and I want to start a business and let's figure out where the solution is in that and where the product is. Um, right. So be like Alexis <laughs> more than be like Michael. Um, so but, but yeah, no, I, I love the story about how you put that together and, and kind of created, created and, you know, realized you had a solution mm -hmm. and then stepped out, you know, to be able to do that. So what are some of the, the, what's the, the first thing everyone needs to know, um, or yeah. you most often find people need to know that, that, uh, if they stop listening in two minutes, uh, they will have gotten value from this interview. Yeah. Stop relying on your memory. Mm. Just stop it. It doesn't work. It feels stressful. You're definitely going to miss stuff. Stop, stop, stop. You don't need to rely on memory. It's not like a badge of honor to have a great memory. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm proud to say I learned that one a long time ago. I have ADD, so I knew my memory is bad. Mm -hmm. So that's like, you know, relying on my physical strength. I just, it's not, right. not no, a place. No, no, no. It's not going to work. So yeah, if, if anyone stops listening right now, it is stop relying on memory and write it down. Mm-hmm. So, so what if you write it down, but then you write it down in places you can't find it? Yeah. So that this is, it's almost like I planted you with these questions, right? <laughs> so um, so I, I really teach people how to build what I call a single trusted system, right? And so it kind of works off of David Allen of, of getting things done. He says, we have a trusted system for these things. And I say, like, we need a single trusted system, one place where everything else funnels, right? Okay. So your email funnels into it, you know, and then we can talk about ways that that happens. So like if, if tasks come out of Slack, it funnels there. Things that are in your brain funnel into there. We have one place because the reality is we can only do one thing at a time. And for all of you out there who are thinking, 
no, 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 I'm great at multitasking. It's on my resume that I'm great at multitasking, oh, right? No. You're not. <laughs> You're no. not great at multitasking because nobody is. It's actually not something our brains can do. Yeah. Um, what we do is context switch really, really fast, and that actually depletes our productivity. And so yes. being able to have something in one place where you can prioritize linearly based on the time that you have available is really key because otherwise, you know, it's like a lot of times when people come to me, it's like, where, okay, where are your tasks? And it's like, okay, well, I'm using Asana. And also I've got this paper list here and I've, I've got some post-it notes all over my desk and really they're really half of it's in my head. Right. And when that is happening, it's just so, so hard to prioritize because you have to keep grasping at all these different places. Mm-hmm. So what are some tools that are effective for, for keeping all these things straight? Yeah. So I think that whatever, so the, the, the short answer is whatever you like and can use will work. You okay. don't, this isn't a like, oh, there's a one best thing and you got to do exactly this way. Um, the, I will say the, the app that I recommend most frequently and that most of my clients end up using is called Tick Tick, not Tick Tock. That is definitely not for productivity, <laughs> but, um, but Tick Tick, T-I-C-K, T-I-C-K. And the reason that I, that I recommend this app so frequently is that it is free. The free version is great. Mm. It syncs all of your devices. It's Android and it's iPhone. It doesn't matter what you're using and where. It syncs everywhere. Um, the mobile experience is just as good as the web experience, as is the desktop app experience. Like it's just, it's, and it's really easy to use because mm. I think that a lot of times when people say task system, project management system, there's just like too many fields, right? Like you've got to, you've got to spend more time managing this stuff than actually doing it. Yep. And we want to have a system that's so easy and so intuitive that there, the, of course you have to maintain any system, but that the maintenance is very, very minimal. Yes. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to use one of the, one of the systems and it was, it was laggy and slow. And mm-hmm. with my ADD brain, anything laggy is just not usable. Like, right. If, right, if right. I need to wait eight seconds after everything I do, eh, wrong. Right. right. And if you know. need, yeah, yeah. And if you need to fill in sixteen fields and like make decisions about is this high priority or low priority or like you know all of these things. If it's a series of questions, then then it's prompt. Okay, question, answer, question, answer, question, mm-hmm. answer. Like that keeps me on task. But mm-hmm. pauses kill me mm-hmm. because yeah. you, if it pauses for more than it's probably six or eight seconds. I start to think maybe I should do something else while I'm waiting. Right, right. And now I'm multitasking and I'm well aware of the the mental tax on right. on multitasking and how, you know, right. if you do one one thing for 20 minutes and one thing for 20 minutes and one thing for 20 minutes, you get three things done. You do three things in at once and you get zero things done. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, figured, I figured that one. I'm doing good. Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> and I, I have no post notes. That's, so. that's great. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah. 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 It's 41. I'm rocking this. Yeah. (laughs) By the time 80, I will have it down. (laughs) So, all right. So, so, but, but, you know, so whatever works. Um, So, so yeah, basically I say this, right. If you're, you have a system that has a place for a task name, Mm -hmm. a, a kind of description or free form area where you can put what your next step is, what the next action is a date field so that you can tell yourself when you're going to do this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And a commenting field, a place where you can say, here's what I did, right? Because I think this is a, another key is that we often don't don't document what we've done. And then what happens is you find yourself opening a task or a project that you haven't worked on in a week. 
and you spend the first 15 minutes saying like, where did I leave off? Oh, okay. <laughs> right. What was I doing? And mm-hmm. so having just a small place to comment of not a big, long thing, but just like send the email to so-and-so on this, you know, whatever it timestamps it for you. Now, when somebody asks, well, when you ask yourself or when somebody asks you, Hey, where are we on X, Y, or Z? You have one place to go and you say, Oh, I sent the proposal to so-and-so on Tuesday and I'm going to follow up next Thursday. And it's all in one place. You don't have to go search through your email. <laughs> Realize halfway there that this email is still a draft that you didn't send out. Right? Uh-huh. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. The only thing I would say is don't, don't use paper as your primary system. Mm. And I think a lot of people think like, well, I'm, I'm a paper person. I work better on paper. And you can use paper. Like paper could be part of your life. But what I find is when people try to use paper as a a task system, it just gets real messy really fast. And Mm -hmm. you're kind of scrolling through pages to look for what's there, or you're writing and rewriting all the time. um, And you can't really keep track of what you've done or when you're going to do it. It's more like a list than it is a system. And we want to have a a system, not a list. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely found that as, as, um, as I mentioned, I can't remember if we did this on the air or off the air, but I was saying before that I've gone from a to-do system mm-hmm. to a calendarization system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and that my system had been, I had a bunch of times blocked out for work in general yeah. and a to-do list. And yeah. then I had a specific, um, and, and then of course what happened is I'd get to a time and I'd look mm-hmm. at the top item on the to-do list yeah. and I'd say, oh, that's more, that's too long. That's longer than I have time for. So yeah. I can't do that right now. Uh, well, I'll go to the second one. Well, not if I want to do the second. Because now, now, now I've told myself it's okay to pick and choose. Right. And it's not. <laughs> and then I spend 20 minutes deciding what to do. Yeah. And before you know it, I'm on LinkedIn or Facebook. But like, you know, I'm out of some messages over there. They could be important. Could be clients. Could be prospects. Yeah. Could be opportunities. Don't want to miss out. And yeah. before you know it, the hour's gone by. Nothing's gotten done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I finally, uh, two weeks ago, the day that I blocked out to be free. Yeah ended up getting taken because I needed a day to like go do a day long thing. So my get all the stuff done for the weekday went whoosh, gone. At the end of the week, I'm like, this sucks. I'm not getting anything done. I'm not making progress. And I finally decided I need to calendarize. I need to actually put items on the calendar and Mm -hmm. say, during this hour, I'm recording morning motivation. During this hour, I'm working on this project. During this hour, I'm working on this thing. And and I might not get down to the the granularity of I will email these people, but at least I'm working on this project during this hour. And it was, it was like adding four hours to my week. It was amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge believer in, in time blocking, right. And mm-hmm. I have on your calendar because I think it, you're exactly right. That like, when you look at a list, there's two things happening, right? One is that you're making these in the moment decisions and we usually don't make the right one. Right. Yep. <laughs> um, because we're doing what are like, kind of like if I asked you, Hey, do you want to do your taxes right now? Like there would never be a time when you would say yes, right? Like we, we need to separate the planning from the doing, right? To uh-huh. prioritize our future selves. Um, also, things in a list all look the same visually, whereas, you know, one thing might take five minutes and another thing takes two hours, right? And yep. so um, so we're, we're not, you know, if we're not using our calendar, then we're also not functionally knowing how much we can get done in any day. Mm-hmm. The reason why I think it's still important to have a, a task system. So, you know, notice I say a list is not a system, is that there are other things, right? Like, so, so for instance, you might, I might have 15 things on my task list today and the few of them are like an hour long. So those are blocked specifically. And then I might have a block for quick tasks that I've assigned for this day, which are all like, you know, email this specific person to follow up on this email, you know, do all these little things that we need to follow up on. I don't want to block individually those things on my calendar, 
Mm -hmm. because then it starts to look really messy for me, right? And then there's also stuff like, you know what, I need to renew my passport in seven years. And I'm not exactly sure what hour of the day I'm going to do that <laughs> from now. <laughs> and well, I'm so, glad you were organized. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it, it's in there in my task list with a date. But then once I get close, I use a, a process of like end of day and end of week planning to more mm. granularize um, and and time block what's upcoming, and so mm. so that I can do so that I can basically have all the long term and the little stuff as well as the big stuff. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I've run into that sometimes where something's off the end of. Yeah, it's ever do the passport in seven years. I can put it on the calendar, right? But or or you know this this bill is you know this annual payment is going to hit my credit mm-hmm. card for three hundred dollars. I want to see that's coming. Well, it's right. an appointment at five in the morning, uh, so because right. it's it's, it's got to go on the calendar somewhere. Yeah, um, I, I think Google Calendar finally added an events feature, so there is a a thing you can put on there that is a thing that happens on the day, mm-hmm. not at a time. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can put it just as an all day, you know, like basically an all day free event, right? Yes. It just shows up at the top, but it's not blocking your calendar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a number of things, um, a number of things like that. And so when when you work with companies, what do you do? Um, Is just teaching the individuals to be more efficient or is it actually things at the company level you can do as well? Yeah, so I, I do a lot of like workshops for companies. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll come in and I'll do, you know, a, a 90 minute workshop or, you know, sometimes a longer, like a half day workshop or something that takes more content. And I have a number of different really tactical subjects. So we can actually get a lot done <laughs> in that period of time. And that people have a takeaway, they have an action plan of what to do. And I include a lot of, you know, it's not just a presentation, we're doing a lot of activities throughout the, that time. And so you know, I do workshops on task management, prioritization and planning. I do workshops on, you know, distractions and focus. Um, I do workshops on communication because that's a huge part of time management and, and productivity as well um, mm. around things like managing up uh, because all of these things are they're actually related. <laughs> they're related to time and how we get things done. Um, and so, and, you know, of, of course, over the course of the pandemic, I've been doing a lot of workshops around like remote leadership and, you know, how do we, how do we kind of manage in this new environment? How do we work from home productively? Etc. And so I, I do a lot of workshops, and then I also do coaching for you know for clients as well. So sometimes you know I have a company who will hire me to do a couple of workshops, and then they'll they'll buy a block of coaching hours, and so employees can then come and do you know I just, okay I did the workshop, now I'm focused on this. I need specific help on this, and then we'll come in and do some tactical coaching there. Hmm, that makes sense. Yes, so you mentioned communication and managing up, and um, mm-hmm. I. I... I generally say I know a little bit about everything and everything about nothing. Um, and I know a little bit about the corporate world and uh, not a lot because I've never really worked in the corporate world. Yeah. Um, but I, I certainly, I've read Dilbert, so I feel like I know it. Um, <laughs> and I, I definitely talk to people from the corporate world who say, you know, that the day would be six hours of meetings mm-hmm. and two hours of whatever else. Um, and so is that some of what you, you do is, is, Kind of making that time use more efficient and yeah yeah I mean I, I have a I have a workshop called making meetings better uh-huh. <laughs> that, that is all about both do we have the right things on our calendar like I I think that meetings are like a scourge on society uh-huh. um, we have so many of them most of them are totally useless for most of the participants um, and so yeah I, I definitely work with companies to help them say okay let's do a calendar app let's just see are these things a good use of your time of people's time? And then once they are, you know, I call it like the three R's of, of calendar management or calendar audit, which is first, we got to see what we can remove, right? Mm-hmm. First thing, like, are, is there stuff on there that we just don't need to go to that actually doesn't need to be a meeting that could be an email? Like, 
anything that's a status update probably could just be an email or a Slack message, right? Mm -hmm. um, then we have to reduce. So we need to say what's left. How can we reduce it in length or in frequency um, so that we can make sure that we're not just meeting for meeting sake and that we actually have the right amount of time on the calendar? And then after that, what can we do to rearrange so that we don't, so that basically our calendar doesn't look like Swiss cheese with, you know, just half an hour or hour long blocks where it's actually really hard to get any deep work done for anyone. Mm. Yeah, yes. So Tyler, you mentioned the phrase deep work. I have a book on my shelf called Deep Work, uh -huh. which was really good content. Some of the driest writing I've ever had to read. Um, but yeah, you know, great content. Uh, talk a little about what, you know, what deep work is and why it's important. Yeah. So to me, deep work is just like anything that takes a little bit to get into, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of the, the meatier stuff. So, you know, for people who are kind of leaders in management, it's often like strategy, you know, strategy related things, like the, the deep thinking about what we need to do and how we need to do it mm -hmm. and how we need to organize these things. And it's often like the first thing that goes out the window because it's just, as you've said, we have six hours of meetings and basically the other two hours are for email and Slack, right? Yeah. And then the work maybe gets done you know, at home after dinner, because that's the only time that anyone can focus. And so, you know, deep work to me just means anything that like, it's going to take more than half an hour, right? And that you need to kind of get into it, you need to get flow. So in different people's roles, this could be totally different things. Like for me, it's around writing, and it's around content creation for, mm -hmm. you know, for my workshops and for my, um, you know, my curriculum for my coaching program and things like that. Um, in, you know, if you're an engineer, it's going to be coding, right? Mm -hmm. uh, things like that. So it's like whatever is, is the kind of core central thing that you do that we often don't make time for because there's all this just other ancillary things that we think have to be done. Yeah, I, I definitely found, I, I know talking about with, with flow because I certainly find when I can get into those spaces, like it is some of the most enjoyable time in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the, and of course this doesn't happen often on my calendar, but occasionally something will happen. Like I'll have a three hour thing that gets canceled and leaves a three hour mm -hmm. hole. Mm -hmm. And then I can just kind of work or, you know, occasionally I have weekend days open, not often anymore. And I'd work on a Saturday and I just have this day with nothing on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I could just work on whatever comes to me. I feel like writing, I can write. If I yeah. feel like uh, designing a website, I can design a website and, and just this, 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 feeling of flow and freedom that comes in those long blocks, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is which is very powerful. Is that yeah. just me or is that other people too? No, I think that's everybody. And in okay. fact, like, I am a huge proponent of building in a no meeting day into your workflow. Mm. So that you, like for me, I, I've, you know, because I'm a nerd, I have experimented with like every single day of the week and which day works better and which day we, you know, we are more likely to not make exceptions for and, and all of these things. And what I have landed on in my vast experimentation here is that Monday is the absolute best day to have no meetings on your calendar for a number of reasons. Like one, you start the week insanely productive <laughs> because you just get all of this stuff done. Two, you don't have like the Sunday scaries about like, oh gosh, okay, I've worked, but I don't know what's waiting for me or whatever, you know, whatever it is at work the next day. Um, and three, you're much less likely to actually make exceptions to this rule than you are later in the week. Because the farther, the later in the week this, this you know, no meeting day you have is, the more likely there are time pressures and people are like, well, we really need to meet about this thing this week, right? Or this thing has to happen by the end of the week. And so if your no meeting day is Friday, it's likely going to be taken up with, you know, five meetings that you just felt like you had to right. for. Yeah, no, I, I love that concept. Actually, I had uh, uh, a social media strategist named Elizabeth Pamplone on the podcast a few, um, a few weeks ago. And... Cool. 
Um, and I came up with this idea I called the Pamplone Day, which maybe I now need to call a Pamplone Hasselberger Day, um, which is basically a day which is blocked out just to get work done. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and her, her thing is doing doing a year of content in one day. Right, because, right, right. And, and it's, it's that, as you say, you block out the whole day and no distractions, mm -hmm. no phone, no, you know, you, you shut off the phone, you lock the door, there's no one else in there. Yeah. You're just working on one project for eight hours following a system, getting mm -hmm. it done. And of course, I t then looked at my schedule and realized I had one immovable obligation on every day of the week. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, let me block out my day. And then, oh, there's, oh, for crying out loud. Um, but but I, I w Wednesday is my, my almost clear day. Yeah, I have one yeah. meeting, which is which is actually a really fun high energy networking group. So it kind of actually helps. It gets me like fired up for the day. And then the rest of the day is no meetings. No yeah, yeah, meetings. yeah. And so, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people might be sitting here thinking like, I don't work for my, like, I, how am I going to get a no meeting day, right? But even just getting a no meeting afternoon, right? Like, or a no meeting morning, even just once a week, having a, having like three or four hours that yeah. you can dedicate to doing the, the stuff that takes more brain power than just answering an email or, you know, getting back to somebody about such and such or, you know, the, the little stuff that yeah. happens, right? But it seems like, you know, even just something like no meetings before 10 a.m. or no meetings yeah. before 11 a.m. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a client who works at, um, you know, at a, at a company that they're, you know, tech, a tech company and they have what they call maker mornings. So their whole company, no meetings before noon. Mm. Right. And it's so helpful. Right. And it's also so helpful because everybody in the company has the same thing. Right. And so. Now it's not like you're the ones trying to say no. You're, you're not the one having to use all of that energy to say no all the time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, everybody in the company has the same thing. And so they just know like mornings are for, for maker work and meetings are in the afternoons. That makes sense. Yeah. Now I find for myself, I'm more productive in the morning, have more energy. My wife says she's more productive, has more energy in the morning. Is mm -hmm. that a like human thing or is that we just both happen to be morning people? You're morning people. Yeah. Okay. I, I really firmly believe that, um, that and, and in my experience that, People, people do have chronotypes. Of course, we can like modulate as we need to, right? It's like, I am decidedly not a morning person. Like yeah. the mornings are my worst time of day. I like waking up has been the hardest thing that I've had to do since I was five years old and had to start waking up with an alarm. I am much better later in the day. But you know what? I have kids mm -hmm. and I have to get up early because I have to drive them to school. And so, you know, there's periods of time where we have to do these things. And so yep. I, I do think that it's really important to um, to think about what to the extent that is possible in your life to think about what are your best focus zones mm -hmm. and can you can you do deep work or the you know, the type of flow work in the time when you're focusing best? And mm -hmm. then can you do meetings during those times? Like, you know, it's interesting, like for introverts, right? meetings are not going to bring up their energy, but for extroverts, meetings really do. And so, so being able to say, okay, like, actually, I know that I have a dip. I'm an extrovert. I, I mean, I'm not, but like, I'm an extrovert. I have a dip in the afternoon. Actually, I should schedule meetings at that time because I know that's going to bring my energy up. Right. Funny you mentioned that I'm an extrovert. <laughs> I have a dip in the afternoon. So mm -hmm. I schedule my meetings for the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that, that's, that's why you know, we're recording this podcast at one o'clock. Um, right. Because yeah, so you're doing it. <laughs> it's that after lunch that I go, but I'm you know, recording a podcast, doing a one-to-one. -one. And of course, my meetings aren't, aren't updated meetings because my company is all sitting in this chair. But uh, you know, my meetings are, are meeting people and connecting. And so, so I know I've got that boost there. Yep. And, and that'll, that'll keep me awake and engaged, hopefully. 
uh, <laughs> or they'll see me on. But I, I know in the morning, that's when I got the, the energy that's still, the batteries are full. And so mm-hmm. when I need to push to do something, because I, I used to, you know, let meetings be any time of the week, you know, Calendly was just open. People could book whenever they wanted and I didn't get anything done because two in the afternoon, I have my schedule to do this thing. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm definitely not doing that thing right now. That is, right. I cannot design a website at 2.30 PM. That's not going to happen. I'll be like, yeah. that looks like a blank page. Guess it's not happening. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so important to like know who we are, right. Mm-hmm. And to build the strategies around that. I mean, that's what I work on with clients is like, let's just figure out who you are on a bunch of different dimensions first. Mm-hmm. And then try to build strategies around that instead of trying to follow exactly what, you know, Cal Newport says in deep work or exactly what uh, David Allen says in getting things done or exactly what, you know, all of these things, because those are all great resources to pick and choose strategies from. But mm-hmm. they're each, they're all written for one person, the person who wrote them. They work <laughs> that person's brain, right? Yep. <laughs> and so we need to pick and choose. A lot of people have like a lot of shame around the fact that well, I, I read Getting Things Done and I tried to implement it and I couldn't. And it's like, well, it's not your fault, right? Like, like it wasn't written for you necessarily. There are a lot of great things you can pull from it, but you're not going to do, you're not going to implement it exactly like someone else does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's huge because just because in a book doesn't mean it's true and certainly doesn't mean it's true for you. Right. And there, there are plenty of books. You know, there's a lot of books out there that are just full of beans uh, and, and you know, doesn't apply to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um and then there's some that apply to some people and not everyone. But yeah, to realize that just because it's in a book right. doesn't mean it is the it is the truth. Um, right. You know, there's only one book that some people consider to be entirely the truth. Um, and not everyone agrees on that one either. So certainly no book written by a human is is the is the authoritative truth once right. and for all. Right. And if we accept that, then we can then we can actually take this book and say, okay, what does apply to me? Like what would work for me? Mm-hmm. Instead of try, just like throwing it all away, right? Yeah, yeah, which, which is great, except it's very frustrating because you want the answer. It's like, gosh, okay. darn, I thought this was the answer. Oh man, I need to keep looking. I'm sorry, Mario, but your princess is another castle. <laughs> exactly. I know. We. I mean, so much of this stuff is just about realism, right? Yep. <laughs> it's just like you know, there there is no pat answer. If there was, like, if I had a magic wand and I could just be like, that's it. I mean. I would be a very rich person, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Like I'm listening. Like this is all great advice, and I'm already doing most of it. Darn it! <laughs> so I feel good about myself, but not more productive. Err. Um, but at least I'm doing some things. Although definitely we're going to take a look at that tick tick because that seems like yeah. Great. Actually, it looks. I took a quick look at it. It looks like the other thing I used to use, but presumably not as buggy and slow. Yeah, um, but easier. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. a smooth experience. I mean. And people, if you are, if somebody says, well, I use Asana and I love it, don't switch, right? Use the thing you love. Use yep. the thing you are most likely to continue to use, right? I, I use Google Docs and it's a Word document with mm-hmm. like lines with text on mm-hmm, them, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which may not be the optimal tool for the job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could make it easier for yourself, right? Yeah. Like things that sort by date automatically, that's helpful. That would probably be helpful. Or sort by project. Yeah, I'll, or be able to sort in multiple dimensions, right? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, that's crazy. These computer things are, I, you know, I think computers might catch on. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think they might stick around. You know, I thought they were a fad for a while, but I think the internet might be here to stay. I, I have to agree with you on that. Yep. Um, so is, is there one final bit of advice you would like to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I mean, I think the second thing, if people have listened all the way to the end and there's one extra nugget, it would be just turn off all your notifications. 
all of them. Mm, like yes. definitely social, definitely games, but also email notifications. I, I'm going to say like, depending on your job, if you can turn off the Slack notifications, I, I think it's better. But if you can just reduce it to DMs or mentions, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the baby steps, baby steps to get there. But notifications, I mean, there was a study out of UC Irvine uh, several years ago that showed that every time we're distracted or interrupted, it takes us on average 23 minutes to refocus on what we were doing. Yes. And so if you imagine that every time you get a ping or a ding, that 23 minutes are being stolen from you, then you will see why notifications are just such a problem for us because it is really, really hard to resist temptation, much easier to remove it. Yes. No, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why my, my phone is in do not serve mode almost all the time. Mm-hmm. My wife will call me. Why didn't you answer? And now she doesn't even expect me to answer because it doesn't uh, I, <laughs> I feel like you and I might be the same there. I am yeah. I am forever answering texts from my husband that he sent six hours ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And yet I still do end up seeing these things because somehow uh, it I must be a virus or something. Facebook keeps popping back up. Like I close it and then it's open again. I don't know how it got open. I certainly didn't open it, but now it's open again. How to get there? Who knows? Of course not. It wasn't you. Right? I, I think it's just Russian hackers are coming in and popping Facebook back up my because they're trying to interrupt because I'm very important to America and they're trying mm-hmm. to disrupt the American economy by disrupting yeah. my my productivity. Or maybe um, it's the aliens, right? Or it could be the aliens trying to disrupt the entire world economy. <laughs> hmm, yes, I need to be more careful about this. Mm-hmm. Aliens. Well, it's been awesome to have you on the show. Uh, I have I have learned a lot. I've learned that I'm doing much things right, which is really cool, and a couple of really good tips as well. Um, and you see your website, correct me if I'm wrong, is alexishasselberger.com? It is, it is true, and it is a mouthful, isn't it? Yep. And it's spelled exactly <laughs> like it sounds. Yeah, one S, one S. One S, okay, yes. Um, <laughs> but it will be in the show notes, so if you can't figure it out for some reason, um, it will be in the show notes there. Uh, and so thank you very much for being on the show. Is that the best way to reach you or is there any place else people should? That's should the be- all my info's there. That's the best place to reach me. If you want to follow me, you can do so on Instagram at do.more.stress.less or nice. on Facebook, it's do more stress less. And, and of course, if they message you, you'll respond to them two weeks later. <laughs> I will respond to them within 24 hours okay. during business hours. <laughs> and during the time when you do that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't work on weekends or evenings. So uh-huh. I, I'm, as I said, probably before this started, I'm an inbox zero person on all sorts of inboxes. Uh, and I always, I always reply. That's fantastic. Well, thank you very much. It's been great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people, in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect, jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect, 
December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.